Hey, Hi. so this is Between the Fur. I'm your host, Ken. I'm a professional mascot talking to other professional mascots or former professional mascots uh, are around the NBA and eventually the, the NFL and eventually blah, blah, blah. So today we have Mark Taylor, formerly known as Rumble for the Thunder and Squatch for uh, the Sonics. So don't don't forget Doppler for the Seattle Storm. Oh, the the most important of all. (laughs) We won a championship in like 2004 or something. I don't know what it was. Holy cow, Doppler! How could I forget? (laughs) That is awesome for the WNBA. Did Howler Howler for a little bit? That's right. Very short time. (laughs) Howler for the Avalanche. That's my first professional gig. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, welcome, Mark. Thank you. Yeah, how's your uh, how's your life? Things are good. Things are good. Awesome. We go way back, and I, uh, you know, we have a good friendship that uh, I have always cherished. So I'm so glad to have you on here and uh, being able to uh, to share uh, some of your stories with uh, everybody else that that uh, you know that I know and that everyone else should know. So, actually, a lot I don't know. So, first of all, hey, I do know some about how you got started, but uh, why don't you tell me? Sure. So, I first started mascotting in high school, my senior year in high school. So, it, going through, like, I, I was in gymnastics when I was young, uh, played soccer, ran track, did a little bit of everything, and uh, was never great at anything. I was good at a lot of things but never really great at anything and uh, (laughs) i can relate with that yeah and my senior year my mom was actually like hey uh there's this ringling brothers uh, barnum and bailey clown circus you should look at this after high school like my mom was actually pushing me towards clown college i don't know how many moms do that wow you must not have got very good grades oh i know not at all but uh (laughs) yeah so you know, it, it did actually sounded kind of interesting, and uh, unfortunately, they closed that da- they closed it down before um, I ended up graduating from high school. But um, I'm not sure I would have gone anyways. But anyway, so I, my senior year, though, I, I saw the mascot. Oh, actually, no, we did that powder puff cheerleading game, football game. I don't know if you guys did. Oh that yeah, in high school. Yep. So the the guys all dressed up like cheerleaders, and the girls all played football. And, uh, and when I was doing that, I, it kind of, uh, rekindled my gymnastics fire and cause I really hadn't been doing anything in gymnastics since like sixth grade. And all of a sudden I was like, man, I can tumble. I, I didn't realize I can tumble and how much fun that was and being in front of a crowd and performing. And so then I was thinking, well, how can I do that? How can I do that without being a cheerleader? No offense to male cheerleaders. I just, that was not something I, I really wanted to do. And, um, and so I, I saw the mascot. I was like, oh, I totally need to do that. That'd be a lot of fun. Went and talked to the cheerleading coach. Uh, and she said, sorry, we already have somebody who's doing it. I was like, all right, well, I guess that's not supposed to happen then. Uh, a little bit later in the school year, I was at a soccer game and didn't see the mascot out there. And I was like, went over talked to the cheerleading coach again hey where's the mascot oh she quit hey you want to do it like yeah i want to do it so that's how i got into becoming a mascot that that's the first time i ever got in a costume was being the tiger at alamogordo high school in alamogordo new mexico holy cow yeah that's 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 yeah (laughs) (laughs) holy cow no that's awesome though and and what a what a great story of just kind of falling into it uh but but yet pursuing it as well so yeah and then after i did that i did it for that year of high school and loved it and and really found my knack um again my mom had a lot of wisdom about who i was and she she kind of mentioned that you know you're a jack of all trades and a master of none and in she said that in the most lovingly loving way you know it wasn't meant to be a um, you know, no offense taking kind of thing, but, uh, and, and I've kind of lived that my life has kind of been like that where I'm, I'm not really great at anything. I'm just good at a lot of stuff, which 
in turn actually makes you a great mascot because you need to be able to do a little bit of everything spur of the moment. Um, someone you walk into a room and there's three oranges laying on the table. Well, you need to be able to juggle three things and I can do that. I can juggle four things for a short amount of time, just long enough. So you think that I'm going to, I'm an amazing juggler. Um, but then I set those down and quickly walk away. <laughs> right. Well, I can totally relate with that. I am, am very, very much the same way. I could do a lot of things. I was good at gymnastics just because I liked it, and but I never trained at it. And, and you know, people are always asking me, hey, so you were, were you a gymnast growing up? <laughs> did, you know, did you ever compete? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I, I was a backyard gymnast. And my parents actually taught me how to do back handsprings in the backyard with two uh, beach towels wrapped you know mm. you know one across my front yeah. one across my back and and then twisted so i could you know it was kind of like a, a spotting belt type of thing but uh, i've never seen that done before that's a great idea yeah yeah wow. i i don't know my, yeah. my dad probably came up with that he was always inventing things but and speaking yeah. of male cheerleaders on that note speaking of male cheerleaders <laughs> my dad was a male male cheerleader in college so hmm. yeah so maybe it's in my blood a little bit, but you know, uh, that's a great story. So yeah. And I totally agree with having to be able to do a lot of things and yeah, I, I, you know, I ride a unicycle and I, you know, but I'm, I can't even stand in one place on a unicycle like most people. Mm -hmm. So anyways, but okay. So from high school, then what? So when I realized how much fun I was having doing that, then I thought, well, shoot, I wonder if I could do this in college and um, looked around at different universities and uh, I was, was accepted into Colorado State up in Fort Collins, Colorado, um, went there and actually I, well, I, I went to community college before I went there and uh, at my community college in Austin, at Austin Community College, Austin, Texas, they didn't have a mascot. Um, so when I was transferring to Colorado State, found out they had a mascot. I'm like, this is great. Uh, tryouts were, I don't remember when it was, but it was the same time as my finals at Austin Community College. So I ended up not making it, uh, couldn't get to, to the tryouts my first year at Colorado State. So my entire first year, I see the mascot everywhere. Um, I'm a sports fan, so I like to go to sporting events and I'd see the mascot everywhere and like, man, I really am missing out. I, I, I should be doing that. And so the next year, um, I, I made the, made it to the tryouts, uh, made it on the team. There was me and one other guy, Chris Dorsey, uh, who was, a Chris, I think that was his, yeah, I think it was his third year at that time. So he was kind of a veteran. He knew everything was going on. Um, so it really helped me learn how to navigate the college side of mascotting where you have no budget. Um, you have rules you've got to follow, but you still want to be entertaining. And yeah, so he, he was just a, a good dude. Wow. Good deal. Okay. So, uh, yep. so you go, you go up to uh, CSU and, uh, and of course they have a, a great program up there, great school. And, you know, and it will then, Take me from there. What happened uh, to get you going to the next step? Yeah. So at Colorado State, Chris and I, are my second year there, um, we actually did pretty well and got accepted to the, um, what is it, U, uh, not NCA, UCA, Universal Cheer Association Mascot Nationals. And we ended up finishing fifth. Um, that was the first time Cam the Ram had ever been invited to the mascot nationals and then to rank fifth. They only, I think it's only 10 people that they invite. So we were pretty stoked about that. And, um, so really exciting time. And I was really starting to figure out, like, I enjoy performing. This is probably something I need to really look at professionally. I was going to school for business, uh, emphasis in marketing. So, uh, that that works pretty well with mascotting. You're you're basically marketing your, a team, or whatever. You know, if you're a, a mascot for for a Buffalo Wild Wings, you're ma you're 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 marketing Buffalo Wild Wings. So yeah, you're uh, the that, brand, that, and you need thing. to get that up. Yeah, yeah, it's another thing that for me it just works. I like business. I like marketing. 
Um, I'm an entrepreneur at heart, and that's what mascotting really is is uh, all about. So during my time at CSU, I um, the the announcer for the volleyball team was also the announcer for the Colorado Avalanche and Denver Nuggets, Sean Moss. <laughs> and at one point, Sean said, hey, I got to introduce you to this guy, uh, the, the Nuggets mascot, and I think you would love love to meet him, and you guys are really similar, and I think you could learn a lot from him. And so I ended up um, going to a game one time, and he invited me back. I got to meet Rocky and figured out, like, okay, this is a career. Like, you can actually do this for a living full-time. And uh, so that was really the, the turning point for me. Like, okay, this is – I've now found – found what I want to do for the rest of my life and um, was in the right place at the right time. And then right after that, shortly after that, um, Rocky contacts me and says, hey, we are putting together this interactive team. Uh, We're calling it Rocky's Rangers. And we need like a handful of guys who are going to be out on the court kind of being my sidekicks, um, not in costume, not in, not in a mascot costume. We wore like these ranger costumes and, uh, you know, we need you to help get the crowd hyped, be in mascot skits and all. I'm like, I'm in, that's sounds great. I can learn and I can still kind of perform and, and start to cultivate that, that talent. So I did that back in the 98 season, uh, which was the lockout. One of the, I think it was the first lockout. We've had at least one or two since then. Yep. Um, yeah, and then at the end of that season, uh, the Avalanche. Well, actually, no. So then I, I got an internship. I was selling tickets that that next summer. I sold tickets for the the Colorado Avalanche and the Denver Nuggets as an intern. And during that summer, they ended up letting their the, the Avalanche let their mascot go, the Howler. And since I had this relationship already, I had, I had been working in the business office, selling tickets uh, as an intern. And then I had been uh, Rocky's Ranger and kind of this game night guy and entertaining. And they'd seen me as Cam the Ram already. So I didn't have to try out. They just said, hey, we need somebody right now. We want you. Can you do this? I'm like, uh, yeah, except I'm halfway, I, halfway through my senior year. I've, I've got you know, one semester left, I've got to finish. And, um, so they started working with me on that. Um, you know, and then crazy thing, then Rocky let me know, Hey, the Denver, I mean, the, uh, Seattle Sonics mascot is leaving. There's a position open there. I went, ended up trying out for them. Um, and I got a call, uh, the second avalanche game in the pepsi center so the pepsi center had just opened that the right before the second game ever i got a call and said hey we want you to be squatch the seattle sonics mascot when can you be here and uh so my my two-month run as howler finished quickly and and i was on my way to seattle for the first time that packed up and left town love it yeah my first First time in Seattle was to try out. Second time was to find a place to live. Third time was to move there. And I mean, that was a, a total of six days <laughs> for those three trips. Wow. Crazy. Wow. Whirlwind. Yeah. Dang. And I also remember sitting my third trip when I was moving up there. My apartment wasn't ready. I had to stay in a hotel the first night. And I was laying in bed watching Sports Center. And I saw the ticker across the bottom Mark Taylor new mascot for the Seattle Supersonics. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is crazy. <laughs> then during Sports Center, the guys actually say, uh, you know, they, they had this quick little bit about Cam the Ram has now made it to the big leagues. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm in so much trouble since we're supposed to keep this quiet. What I didn't know is my uh, cheer coach at Colorado State sent out a press release to the local newspaper, and then it got picked up by the AP. ESPN grabbed it which was really cool to see that. But then I'm like, great, my first day at work, I'm going to have to go into meetings and explain <laughs> why I was on ESPN and this is supposed to be quiet. <laughs> I bet you were just uh, peeing your pants there. 
Yeah, wasn't sure if I needed to unpack yet. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> do I just keep everything in the U-Haul or what? Yeah, I can imagine. Well, you got some great history and great stories and stuff. Tell me about Squatch. Yeah, well, Squatch was awesome. Uh, I think, and you weren't the, you weren't much, the first, no. though. No, no, there was there was two guys before me, um, and I the details are a little fuzzy for me. I think it was 93 when, when Squatch was first unveiled. Um, maybe, maybe not that early. It might've been a little later, maybe 95. Uh, and the first guy, and I forget his name. You might remember. Do you remember? Uh, um, John Sweeney. John Sweeney. Yep. There you go. He did it for about a year and a half. And for some reason or other, it, it didn't work out. And he left or was asked to leave. I don't know the details there. And then Adam Hardy took over. And Adam really uh, made Squatch who Squatch was, I, I think. You know, I didn't know John uh, that at all. But um, Adam changed the costume a little bit, made it a little more friendly. It's still pretty scary. It's a, It looks like a Bigfoot, you know. It, um, so it, and it's real eyes. Your real eyes are looking through this this latex mask, so that can scare people. Yeah. But Adam did it for four years. Did an incredible job. He was and just an awesome dunker. So uh, at, when he was leaving, and then I came in, they were ready for kind of a change. At that point, they were saying, you know, he was an incredible acrobat and dunker. We're trying to get a more well-rounded uh, type of of character here. And, you know, originally they were trying to get Rocky to be the mascot there. And, um, and, and again, it was just, at, luck has it, I was in the right place at the right time. And Rocky says, I can't do it, but you got to talk to this kid that's, you know, working with the Avalanche and working with me here. And, um, and so I was able to come in and I could do enough dunking so it wasn't, really obvious i mean it was pretty obvious that it was a new guy but um i could kind of fake it a little bit and then do some comedy skits and uh i mean just incredible opportunity my first my first week there i got a call from the argentine uh, basketball league and adam had been working this deal for a couple years trying to get over to argentina to do their all-star game and that first week they said hey we want squatch to come perform at this art you know this all-star game i'm like okay yes i'll do it thinking oh my gosh i've never done an nba game before and now i'm going to be performing internationally and um I, so I, I was really set up well like i just walked into a perfect situation and took full advantage of it well okay let me back you up just a little bit on the okay. uh, on this Argentine thing, so I yeah. think if you remember correctly, Scott Strait uh, and I were going and doing that one, and we couldn't make it that year. Mm. That's I think okay. I'm pretty sure that's, <laughs> and we were like, you know what, that, you know what, he'd be perfect for this. Pass this yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they were great down there, uh, uh, Alejandro, and ah, uh, oh. yeah. What was the lady's name? Uh, I just remember his daughter's name, yeah. Baylin. But oh my gosh, we had some good times down there uh, for for several years. Yeah, until they. They stopped inviting uh, mascots down. Uh, I think they're. I think they're. I don't know. I think their league kind of was folding, or it was in financial trouble, or something. But well, I found it pretty interesting when I walked in, and she she came up with me. Came up to me with five thousand dollars cash, you know. And I'm a college kid, not making any money. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in a foreign country. <laughs> in a hotel lobby <laughs> with $5,000 cash. What do I do? With this? Uh, we, and I didn't want to give it back to him. I didn't want to say, well, wait till after. Cause you know, I've heard stories from many guys that international shows you do the show and you never get paid. So I'm like, I don't want to give this back, but Oh my God. Yeah. That was such good payment. And yeah, Scott and I would, we, we, we'd stick it in our shoe or we'd stick it in, you know, uh, you know, something we'd hide it. We were, we were good at hiding 
uh, money and stashing it in our hotel rooms. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but well, I, I, I actually just asked the front desk, do you have a safe you can put this in? And they did that. So, oh, I, I didn't even trust those guys. I did. But, yeah. And Argentina, Ar- Argentina wasn't too bad though. I, I usually had problems in Mexico. So I, I, I know a story or, or I've heard a story of you in Mexico. Tell me that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't remember what year it was, but it was when, when I was still with the Sonics and um, Magic Johnson was having a basketball camp in Mazatlan, wanted to have I'm, some NBA mascots. I'm familiar with his tour. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. There's been quite a few guys who've done that one. And uh, that year it was me and uh, Robert Bodwin, who was clutch. And Scott Hessington, who was performing as uh, Stuff from the Orlando Magic at that time. And so the three of us went down. It's quite a motley crew. And my wife, my wife came with us as an assistant. Uh, Scott's old wife came with, with him. And then uh, Dominic went with, with Bodwin. And uh, it was a crazy group. But so we get down there. Uh, it's, it's uh, all those... all those guys and everything, and your sweet wife, Erin. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poor thing. Yeah. 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 So we get there, and this is the guy I've heard many stories from Coyote, from uh, you know Rocky's stories, uh, you know all of these stories of this specific uh, promoter who doesn't pay, um, and so we were all pretty intent on we're not going to perform till we get paid. And and sure enough, he didn't have the money ready and you know, the bank wasn't open. So can you just go do this one performance and then we'll pay you next time. And it was, it was pretty interesting what was going on. And he ended up switching the hotels. He sent us here's your stay at this beautiful hotel and it'll be a great time. We get there and it was like the spring break for the Mexico school districts or whatever. So all these kids we're at this hotel we were at and, you know, there's a bunch of school age kids and we were thinking, oh, this is going to be a great relaxing trip. And there's kids running around crazy everywhere. But so anyways, we go, we're at the ocean, so we got to go surfing. Um, and this was around desert storm, desert shield time. I don't remember, you know, late nineties, mid nineties. And no, I guess it's later than that. 2000. Sorry. Um, and Bodwin, uh, proceeds to pull his swim trunks off and jump on his surfboard and wearing nothing but a camouflage thong and screaming, <laughs> this is for the troops. <laughs> yeah. So that's how we he's so wrong. Our, yeah. That's how we kicked off our surfing trip. And we noticed no one else is out in the water and there's people all over the beach. And so we're wondering, why is no one out here? Are they just scared of the waves or what? So, we end up surfing for a little bit, and um, I, all of a sudden I see Bodwin jumping around, screaming, and he's like, ah, jellyfish, jellyfish, I'm getting stung. And I'm laughing, and Scott was next to me, and he starts laughing too, and and then he starts screaming. Scott's screaming, ah, I'm getting stung. He gets stung by a jellyfish. And so at that point I'm like, I better get out of here, turn, and I get stung by a jellyfish. So we're all kind of laughing, and um, it's not the, the best feeling, but it was just, hilarious that it was all going on like that and we're getting off getting to the shore as quick as we can and i'm dancing around because there's one still stuck to my back and kind of wrapped around me i had a, a rash guard shirt on and it was stuck to the shirt and kept stinging me and um multiple times bodwin said you know hey just lay down i'll pee on you it'll feel better and yeah that wasn't gonna happen <laughs> so so we're dancing around and we, we finally like we let's get back to the hotel and as we get to the hotel there's a, a guy there spraying he's like he he knew we got stung so he had a little spray thing this will make you feel better in Spanish whatever and it was just lidocaine so it's kind of numb you and about the time I got up there I've started feeling like like I got like maybe I pulled my groin when I was jumping around and just really having a some sharp pains, my stomach. And then, you know, my wife is a nurse. And at that point she looks at me and she's like, man, you're really pale. And she grabs my hand and, um, kind of feels my pulse. And she's like, you're, you know, she said, whatever my pulse rate was, 
And I'm like, is that good or bad? And she's like, well, if you were having a child, she was a labor and delivery nurse. So she said, if you're having a child right now, I'd, I'd call a code because this, you know, you're, you're going down fast. I'm like, oh, great. And the dude that was spraying the lidocaine noticed that too. And he said, oh, go, go to your room, go to your room. I'll call the doctor, call the doctor. So we get up to the room. Uh, this Mexican doctor comes in, barely speaks any English, says, roll over, pull down your pants. I have a shot. My wife, luckily, is like, what, what is it? What's going on? Oh, just Benadryl. Okay. So he gives me a shot, and I roll over, and almost immediately I'm feeling much better. And, uh, you know, I had almost was passing out at, the, at that point right before the shot. And then he just basically told us in broken English, okay, for the next two days, uh, stay out of the sun. Don't get hot. Uh, relax. Lay in bed or just sit on the chairs. Take it very easy. Um, you need to recover. And so I, we have a show in like two hours. So I roll over and grab the autograph card off of the, the, the nightstand and show them. I'd say, you know, this is me. I'm, I'm inside this costume. I have to do this in two hours. I, we have a show in two hours. He says, that's you. You're, you're inside there. I'm, yes. Yeah, that's me. Oh, that's great. That's great. I'm like, you said, I can't do anything. I need to, you know, I'll get really hot. He's like, oh, no, no, no. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. You go do that. Have fun. Here's your phone. <laughs> Call me if you, need pro- if you have problems. I'm like, wait a minute. You were just telling me I'm going to die if I do anything. And now I'm going to get in some hot costume in a foreign country. <laughs> Run around, exert yourself, and yeah, you'll yeah. be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had the worst smell, smelling sweat that after that. It was crazy. I don't know if it, if I was sweating out the poisons or whatever but it was yeah crazy oh my gosh yeah i i've had some crazy stories down there as well and it's always an adventure when you go south of the border (laughs) yeah well didn't you break your back down there i broke my shoulder i broke my shoulder yeah i I was down there with uh i was actually down there with uh the coyote and uh his assistant at the time was rob so it was tim and rob (laughs) and yeah i went up uh, you know, we were doing a halftime for Magic Johnson's thing, and you know, it, it was he was on a three-game tour down there, and it was halftime. And I ran up, I did a reverse, I, I went off the trampoline, and did a reverse dunk. And as I reached, as I as I dunked it and was starting to swing down like a pendulum, uh, I could feel my left shoulder just a bunch of pain, and it it. It came out of the socket and everything, mm. and we had a very thin mat at the time, so I didn't want to just let go and fall. So I'm swinging down still, trying to hang on with my other arm. I mean, all this is happening so quickly, and it was the most like violent accident I've had other than a car accident or whatever. But I, 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 as I'm swinging down, I'm reaching with my toes to reach for the mat, and of course, they weren't there. I let go. Or, or the mat wasn't there. I let go, and my toes are pointed. My right toe, my right toe actually catches the mat. My left toe doesn't. <laughs> so I'm all of a sudden doing the splits. I end up while my shoulder is out of its socket. My right hip subluxes, so it, it it pops out. I hyperextend my right knee because I'm folding over it, and oh, then I my left toe actually catches the mat i fall over onto my right side at that point like in the splits almost and fall over on my right side and my right hip pops back in so i'm like oh thank you (laughs) well at that point i have to roll up onto my right elbow holding my left elbow with my other hand because it it's out of the socket and it won't swing down Mm. like like as i'm getting up it's still like sticking out in front of me so i'm I'm holding it with my right hand and I look over at the coyote and I just shake my head like, I, I, I got to go. <laughs> and I just like, I, I didn't know what else to do. So I, I ran off, ran up this tunnel and I go up there and uh, take my head off and everything. And here is Magic Johnson's physical therapist and massage therapist and doctor and and his whole team there. And so they start working on me and they cannot get my shoulder to go back in. So they call an ambulance, which finally, finally, finally shows up. And it's a van. It's just a van. It's just a cargo (laughs) van 
with some wooden benches inside of it. And I'm like, there's no sirens. There's no signal or whatever. What are we doing here? And they're like, no, no, no. It's okay. We have a police truck that will lead you, you know, to the hospital. And I'm like, what? So, so uh, we, I get in the van. I'm laying on this wooden bench. My assistant at the time was standing back or standing in the back of this police truck, holding onto the roll bar as we start flying through the city of Guadalajara and we're hitting potholes and everything. And oh, my shoulders in so much pain. All of a sudden we hit a pothole and my shoulder pops back in. (laughs) I'm like, Oh, that feels so good. Oh, thank you. I'm good. So we get to the hospital x-rays and the whole business and the the doctor actually comes in he's like ah i i think it's fine i don't see any breaks i don't see any you know any problems you you should be fine i'm like okay but it really really hurts (laughs) i mean it really hurts like i know like my shoulders popped out before and everything but man this really hurts so anyways he's like "No, no no you're fine you're fine so i called my doctor the next day um by the way we were we were transferring from there from Guadalajara to Chihuahua and my my doctor says well you know just come back and we'll um we'll take care of this I said well we're I I have I have another game tonight possibly because there was rumors that Magic Johnson had actually left because his team had lost last night so (laughs) yeah come to find out that rumor was true we went to Chihuahua there was no game uh the sponsors were mad blah 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 but uh, I didn't have to do a game that night, so I was so relieved, and my shoulder was in so much pain. I had ice on it and everything, and my doctor, all he could say was, come see me when you get home. And I said, well, I'm actually not coming home. I, I, I have another week-long show in London. So mm. I'm flying back from Chihuahua to Houston, catching another plane to London for a week, and I got to do dunks out there. He's like, well, come see me when you're back. So <laughs> I go out there, I wrap my shoulder, and you know, I go out there and I do some some uh, dunks all week with my left shoulder all wrapped up. And I mean, I was out there with Spud Webb and another couple people. But um, then I I end up flying home after a week of all that. My shoulder was starting to feel a little better. I go to the doctor, and he's like, yeah, your your shoulder's broken. <laughs> like what yeah it had it had popped out and broken and there was pieces everywhere so anyways Ooh. but yeah crazy i i've got all kinds of mexico stories <laughs> sometime i'll have to tell uh about the time i i got chased by a, a i was in a bullfighting ring uh Ooh. down, down I heard there that one. yeah yeah i'll tell you about that one but um anyways so uh, back to Squatch, and uh, you moved after Squatch. You moved to uh, Oklahoma when when uh, the team uh, moved there and became yep. be, became the Thunder. How'd you like yep. that? Yeah, that was. Um, I think it was a, it was a good it was a good point in my career and in life in general. I'd been in Seattle for nine years at that point. Had done nine seasons. Um, had a couple kids, two year old and a oh wait, wait. yeah yeah go keep keep going. You'd had a couple kids. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, a two I year old and a, like a four year old or something like. Uh, and, and yeah, then we're moving. What what were you gonna say? I was gonna say oh it, you know I don't want to skip over the fact that you did a lot of crazy things in mm-hmm. Seattle as Squatch. Uh, you um, if I remember right, you played your drums on top of the Space Needle up there. Yes, yeah, which that was crazy. That was. The NBA did that that uh, stunt contest. It was a media stunt contest. They wanted to get each team to try to promote the the finals were going to happen. You know, June whatever, and um, so all the all the mascots were supposed to do some kind of a media stunt to get some publicity. And uh, so I I I love doing that. That was my I, I one year I um, I was pulled behind a boat. I was wakeboarding uh, next to the 520 which is the highway 520 which is a floating bridge it goes right across lake washington so i had luke ridnauer one of our players at the time he he volunteered to to pull me in his boat and so luke's driving the boat i'm you know wakeboarding behind him right next to the the piles of cars because it was uh rush hour traffic they're all just sitting there have nothing to do but watch me and 
of course we had our media department send out press releases and everyone knew what was going on. So we actually had another boat out with a camera that was watching us. And then the news helicopter, there was one news helicopter that was flying over, getting some video. And at one point, Luke Ridenour was like, man, I feel like I'm in a rap video. (laughs) 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 Boats everywhere and ball cameras. Yeah, it was cool. And then another year, I did what you were talking about. I, I wanted to play the drums on top of the Space Needle. Playing the drums is one of those kind of things. Um, kind of like what we talked about with juggling or gymnastics. I can play really good for 30 seconds and I can make you think that I'm the best drummer in the world. Um, but I, I'm not, I, I can do 30 seconds of really good stuff and that's it. And if you ever listen to my stuff, it's all always the same thing. But, um, but so, you know, I had to go through all these hoops to try to get everything approved to get up there at that time. They weren't really letting anyone do anything on the space needle since then, they've kind of loosened that up because they were trying to get more publicity things there. But um, but I went through this whole process of getting the drums up there and how we were going to secure everything and make sure, you know, that no, none of the drums would fall off that I clipped in. So I can't if the wind blows and I, it doesn't blow me off. And um, and then again, we had a news helicopter there to, to film it. Uh, man, I wish we had drones back then. We could have done seriously cool so much easier oh. getting helicopters, doing all this stuff. But so I sit down and I start to play, and I'm going at it. And I'm as I'm playing, you know, I'm probably three or four minutes in. The the helicopter's kind of circling around, and it's pretty hard to play the drums wearing those mascot gloves. I mean, they're they're pretty sticky, but not real sticky. So the drumsticks. Start to yeah, you know, I have to hold them pretty tight so they don't fall, and my hands are getting a little tired. And then I start thinking, I don't have anything attached to the drumsticks. Everything else has something <laughs> attached to it, but not the drumsticks. If I drop this drumstick right now, it's going to roll off the edge. It's going to fly down. And I always hear, you know, what if you drop a penny on, you know, from a skyscraper? It's going to go through someone's head. And I'm picturing a metal drum. I mean, a, a wooden drumstick that's shaped like a spear is going to be falling thousand feet down to kill people <laughs> and you know there's a crowd that was kind of gathered around because the helicopter's flying around so everyone's like what's going on why is there a helicopter and so i was freaking out on that i did a similar stunt um where we just rented a trailer and pulled it behind the squatch van and i played the drums in that we went drove all through downtown and had camera crew follow us and had signs everywhere, you know, watch the, watch the NBA finals tonight. And so, yeah, that was, we had a lot of, a lot of fun stuff like that. Oh, and then one year I did the, the inline skate jump. Um, that was one of my, that's probably, I think that's, I was the first mascot to really use the, use inline skates and a ramp in, can you think of anyone else before me? I don't think so at all. No, you. I, I, I think you were the college. man. Yeah, I. You know, in in high school, I played inline skate roller hockey, um, so I always was pretty good on skates. And then you know, did the howler thing and was ice skating for a while. But then in college, I created, a, I built a mini ramp, a, a little launch ramp, and I would do that onto a wrestling mat. You know, that was. But we didn't have crash mats. It was just like, hey, there's a little two inch wrestling mat that i can put on the ground and it was more so i wouldn't hurt the floor with my skates than hurting myself right um yeah so so i that was one of my another one of my little crazy talents that uh, you know i was good on inline skates so i transferred that to the nba and i started doing the slingshot Um, we had those long bungee slingshots yep and shoot me down the court so i could get enough speed and launch um and that one, you know, I was I finally got it, the ramp all the way back to the three point line. So, like the entire ramp was behind the three point line. Twenty, I think it's twenty three foot nine inches, twenty four feet nine inches, something like that. A that is way. so so yeah. far. Yes, so far, especially when you got to get enough speed. You only have fifty feet or sixty feet to get enough speed. So you you rocket launch down there, and then. On that one, um, the first time I ever did it from the three-point line, the night before I was practicing it, and, you know, you always build up to it. You start going real slow and jump one foot, do it again, jump three feet, jump five feet, kind of just keep progressing and building up 
so I can get where, okay, now I'm touching the rim. I'm consistently getting there. Now I'll get the ball and try that. We get it all worked out. And then I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm consistently hitting this with the big crash mats and all the safety things. I'm like, all right, let's start pulling some of the mats away. And of course, okay, let's do one more. This is it, my last one. Well, the last time down, we had moved the mats and forgot to push them back together and <sighs> slingshot down and I land and we had two mats placed end to end. And then we had another mat on top that was covering up the gap. Um, and there wasn't a, a hole, like you couldn't see the floor, but the, the, it wasn't a smooth surface. You would, and, and that top mat had slid away from the, the center gap. So as I'm in the air, you know, looking at the rim, trying not to get my head taken off. And then I look down and I see that the mat had, you know, wasn't in the right spot. And I land right in between the two mats. So I'm probably going anywhere from 20 miles an hour to 30 miles an hour. I don't know exactly, but really fast. Both feet go in to that crack and my body just, you know, immediately stops. My chest just smashes into my knees. I can feel, you know, both my knees pop, my ankles pop, excruciating pain right there. You know, I'm just rolling over and, um, long story short, I ended up finding out I, I sprained both ankles. I sprained both knees. I had a really bad bone bruise in my left knee and oh. tore my meniscus Holy in my cow. left knee. Wow. So it was, yeah, really bad. <laughs> and the plan was that next day was the last game of the season, the regular season. We weren't making the playoffs, so I wanted to do this big jump. And um, it, and what I wanted to do is put the ramp at the free free throw line, go down once. Hell oh, yes, it's awesome. You know that was still pretty impressive from there. And then say no, wait, wait, one more time. Let's let's move it back all the way back. Well, I said forget that. I, I'm I'm going to tape myself up, knees and ankles, and I'm just doing one shot at this from the three point line. Let's let's make it happen and. <laughs> Luckily, I don't know how that worked, but when you see the video in slow motion, as I'm getting to the top of the ramp, you see my left foot just kind of tweak out because it just couldn't take the the brunt, the force from hitting the ramp. But I still had enough to make it there and make the dunk. It was awesome, and you know, it, it was just a really cool experience. Well, then I, I built off of that when I was that summer. I was trying to think of what is my next stunt going to be for this stunt contest for the All Star or for the for the finals promotion I thought I need to do this jump. I love inline skates and jumping. And really what I wanted to do is go from the top of one building to another building and scouted out downtown Seattle, found this awesome little alley. It was only like 11 feet or 12 feet wide, you know, barely could fit a car down there, but it was definitely, you could tell it's one building to another and like, this would be so cool. And, try to get that all passed and it never worked my team was like yeah the the risk on that is too high what, what are we going to do if you fall and die you know that's <laughs> going to be a problem that's but, a pr uh, nightmare <laughs> okay. but man it would make great video yeah i know that's <laughs> like hey so well so the next best thing i could think of is okay i gotta jump over something uh and so thinking back to good old evil knievel he's from up in the state of washington and hangs around there a lot and i thought let's jump over some cars and and why not some really expensive cars let's talk to some players and see if i can get any players to bring their cars and so it's pretty cool i get, set up this big inline skate ramp and this is before the x games was doing mega ramp like i mm. so it was you know now they've got mega ramps and their professional guys are building this it was just me and my assistant john brooks trying to put this thing together out in the, you know, the training facilities parking lot and um, pretty crazy. So I ended up getting Ray Allen. He had his Porsche that he brought in. And then Robert Swift was one of our rookies. Uh, he had this really nice Chrysler that just, you know, had all the bells and whistles. And um, and we we were able to fit the two cars in there. I was going to jump 36 feet or something like that. It was going to be a world record. Talk to, Guinness World Records, and they said, you know, there's never been an attempt. So if you can get 35 feet, we will consider that the record. And so we pub publicized it and had fake 
uh, Guinness world record people there walking around with clipboards and all that stuff and made a big event out of it. And of course, Seattle in the middle of summer, it never rains, but this day it decided to rain and I'm thinking, okay, we've got this all timed out. The media's here. It's going to be live on the news. Um, and then, oh, by the way, we just got a brand new general manager, Sam Presti, and he's going to have his welcoming press conference at noon. I was doing my thing at 10 a.m. So they're like, you've got to do this now and get it done with because we don't want you to overshadow or pull any attention away from this press conference with our new general manager. This is like a big deal. You know, you're just <laughs> screwing around. You're just screwing so, around in the rain yeah. going off a ramp going 35 feet. So, yeah, right over about $200,000 worth of cars. and Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so it was crazy because it felt like I've got to, this is my one shot. I've got to do it. Everyone's here. We were doing it at a school. So they timed it where all the school kids were going to be out of class during that point. So they're all, all these kids out, all watching, cheering. It starts raining and it's a Seattle rain where it's just that mist, but it was enough to get the ramp wet and just it was really scary. But I was like, I got to do this. I've been practicing all this money and time. And so I went for it. I made it over the cars, made it coming down to the launch ramp. I could see that edge of the launch ramp was coming right at me or the landing ramp. So I just kind of lifted my feet up and landed right on my butt and slid down the, the landing ramp. And I made it and didn't die, but I didn't land it. So I didn't, I never got the actual world record, but. I, mean, uh, I didn't crash and die, so that was that was a good thing. Hey, just it the fact that bad. you did that is just uh, out yeah, of this was, world. I mean, that is gnarly, <laughs> so scary in a costume, right? Uh, and then I found out my my uh, my right knee, my meniscus in my right knee was torn as well. They just missed that from my original injury three months before. I had already had surgery on my left one, and that was healing up. But yeah, so that was crazy too. But oh my gosh yeah you really took it to the next level on in in so many areas so no, I, that's yeah I, I i did the i did the uh i didn't do the cars i did the dunk but it was because of, because of you and <laughs> oh guy that was a, one of the scariest things i've ever done and in fact when i was practicing it i'll just tell you this quick story when i was practicing it I was getting flung all over the place and, you know, cause that's a lot of force. Oh yeah. That, oh my gosh. To make that, that distance and the height and everything, it's a lot of force. And one time I got flung to the ground. Like I just got flipped over because of the, the pad behind me wasn't placed right. And it just flung me to the ground. I've still got a scar from it on my back, on my shoulder. Um, but when I was practicing for it, uh, Oh, I was, I was really getting some height and some, just some great, like my feet were as high as the backboard, <laughs> you know, a couple times. I'm like, this, I'm, this is too high. And so anyways, afterwards, my son, uh, actually all, all, all my sons, they were all there and everything. They all commented that that was the scary, like they've seen me do a lot of things, but that's the first time they were ever scared watching me. Yeah. So, well, that's one of those, you know, we, we always try to make things look crazier than they are. It's all about the perception. The perception of danger is much greater than what we normally are really the, the true amount of danger that we're doing. But in that, that stunt, that one and snowboarding down the stairs to me were the two stunts that actually scared me and had a lot of risk. Um, it, yeah, yeah I, I always cringe thinking about doing them, but man, there's something fun about doing that. Just trying to beat that. Yeah. Yeah, there is. I, I, I had an accident snowboarding down the steps that was, that was really, <laughs> really bad. <laughs> I ended up flipping over. They had everybody pull back, step back from the, from the, uh, aisles and everything. And one guy <laughs> sticks his head out to watch me come down the steps and, oh, I, of course, hit, uh, I think I hit the center rail and, with my board, which I had practiced a bunch of times. I, I, we were good and everything, but this, I just started veering into the, into the center post mm -hmm. there, the, the railing there. And sure enough, tagged that, that post and just end over ended it and ended up clipping this one guy 
in the head with my snowboard who happened to be a big attorney in town. And yeah, there was all <laughs> kinds of fallout from that. <laughs> Pre-season tickets, please. Exactly. I, yeah, yeah. I was doing his, 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 his birthday, <laughs> you know, his uh, kids' birthdays, his grandkids. I thought I was going to be just yeah, kissing this guy's behind for uh, forever. But actually, he didn't get too upset. He just, uh, you know, we gave him a few things, and he uh, he was a big fan, so so he nice. didn't take yeah. it further. So, yeah, lucked I, out on I that crashed, one. I crashed one time in practice, uh, and I, when I was practicing, I'd pad up. I had my helmet on and everything, and I crashed halfway down. I Again, kind of progressing. I'd start at the very bottom work my way up a little higher each time and so my first time I was trying it from the very top I got about halfway down did the same thing as you my, the front of my board kind of hit that center rail and it th- shot me across and I hit the back of these seats and it ripped the seats out of the concrete you, know, you have those bolts that are holding this what so two of those seats ripped out and then the my head the back of my head hit the, the seats in front of that and it cracked my helmet in half and I hurt so bad. I was so scared. And I just like laid there for a minute. Like, am I okay? Like, I think I'm all right. There's nothing that's, you know, nothing's broken. I think I don't have, (laughs) you're doing the whole, you're doing the whole body inventory thing. Yeah. And, and sure enough, I was fine. We kind of jammed the seats back in and I'm like, well, you know, we, this is the only thing I have planned for tonight. I don't have another skid. I don't have another stun up my sleeve. We're doing this. (laughs) <laughs> and so then when it came time to do it, we, I, I stopped practicing at that point. And I'm just like, we're going to do it one more time in the game and that's it. <laughs> yeah. It worked. So. And it usually goes better in the games than it does oh, in yeah. practice. Yeah. Had a yeah. nice little jump, a little air at the end, I grabbed the board and everything. And yeah. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. So, okay. Let's, let's skip forward here to a little bit to uh, Oklahoma and, uh, you know, tell me, tell me some quick stories about, uh, about Oklahoma, what, what, uh, you yeah. know, you get anything there? It's a, it's a, gr- that's a great basketball town. Yeah, it's been, it, it, it was awesome because really at the end of the, the Sonics time, um, the team hadn't been very good since I got there. I got there 98 and we made one little run to the second round of the playoffs in like 2000 something, 2004. Um, but just really, pretty crappy team and so we were losing fan support and other stuff was going on in the city and in the sports environment so we tickets and uh, it was pretty tough to to work that um in that atmosphere then fast forward moved to seattle really cool opportunity we the ownership decided we don't want to launch we don't have want to have a mascot our first year we want to start the team and there's already going to be excitement about it, so we don't need to have a mascot. Let's just have the team, um, and then we can take our time developing it. The second season, that'll be something brand new we can launch. It'll be great. So about, uh, I think it was the second game, maybe the third game, the ownership uh, came to our game operations meeting and screwed up. We need to have a mascot as soon as possible. Like, Okay. And they're like, yeah, we un- totally underestimated the value of that entertainment and having that there. And, and at, our, at that time, our team was the worst. Um, so we, we were at the bottom. We had just drafted Kevin Durant. Well, we had Kevin Durant now. That, I guess that was his second year. We had just drafted Russell Westbrook, he, which they were just not good. Uh, at that time, they weren't that good and not good together. So that first season, I think we – we almost got the worst uh, record in league history. So people didn't want to come. There wasn't as much excitement as they really uh, So they were quickly trying to figure out how can we make these games entertaining. So quickly we created this mascot. And I knew I loved the long hair of Squatch in more of a realistic type costume. So I really pushed for that and wanted to have, have more of that realistic type of costume. So we created, created Rumble. A great costume, a really cool character, and yeah, I love that character. Love that yeah. costume, and, and it is it is very. I mean, I think it's one of the most realistic. I mean, it's right there with the gorilla. I guess if if you want to, you know, include mm-hmm. that in the realistic group there. But uh, 
I love the I love the thunder. I mean, the, I love the rumble costume. So. Yeah. Well, and it's nice because we were, you know, a lot of those mascots have been around for thirty years or twenty years. We were we got to learn from all their mistakes and all the the good things and incorporate that into a brand new costume. So, you know, it, it should have been better. You know, so that's that was nice. But I had one dream since I was a little kid when I first started. And I always wanted to play the drums coming down from the the rafters. I've seen some like Motley Crue concerts uh-huh. and, and like uh, you know Metallica and that, where the drum guy he's spinning around, and I'm like, it would be so cool to be lowered from the ceiling. So that was I decided that's that's the way I wanted to introduce Rumble and have the unveiling, and so figured all that out. So the the night that we unveiled Rumble, I actually came down lowered down from the ceiling playing the drums, had pyro shoot off, jumped off of that, then ran down and did a dunk with the dunk team. They went uh, a dance with the dance team and then finished it off by going up the, the 15 foot ladder to do the backflip dunk, which that was something I, I, I was the first mascot. Well, furry mascot, you know, uh, who was it? Um, Jerry Turbo. Burrell. Yeah. It was turbo yep, when he was turbo. Or, yeah. Yep. It was when he was turbo. He was, he did that, the backflip dunk off of the ladder. Originally he was doing it off the goal until they changed or off the backboard until they changed the rules. And then he came up with the idea to use the ladder. And so I kind of revived that and did that first, first guy in a actually furry costume where you can't see anything, not just spandex like Jerry was um, not to take anything away from Jerry. Cause he's, he can still do it at 50 plus. Right, and still, and has always done it better than me, and always will. But um, <laughs> he is yeah, a so he then, is a machine. Yeah, so I finished off my intro with that, and um, uh, so that was a that was a pretty cool way to start off, um, start off, the, you know, introducing a mascot, and yeah, just had some. We did the first sixty days. I had appearances every day. I had mapped it out where we we're going to do school appearances, media appearances, our partners. You know, we're just going to inundate the city with this mascot. And man, it, that it, it was a lot of work, but it quickly uh, cemented Rumble into the you know into their vision of this is the Thunder and this is Rumble. They're one and the same. And um, I think it really helped create the brand uh, that the strength of the brand and and that made the next you know I guess I did it for seven more years. Uh, I just retired a couple years ago um, and had a lot of great, great things, uh, opportunities there. We went to Japan for uh, preseason. Or actually, no, I guess that was, I think that was with the Sonics. Didn't go to Japan with them. Um, we went to Turkey. We went to Istanbul. Um, yeah, just a lot of cool places we get to travel and people you get to meet every star i got to go on the ellen show um, Kristen chenoweth who's a local oklahoman um, she's a big time uh, ellen fan and and thunder fan and she wanted to bring rumble with her when they were talking about the thunder game for the finals versus la and i got to go out there and lady gaga was shooting her show with ellen that same day so we're hanging out with them and um yeah it's just pretty cool stuff for a guy just making a living dressing up in a furry costume <laughs> i know i always play i always say yeah i i'm just a guy that plays dressed up for a living but yeah. you know that's great i didn't know you were on ellen that's that's so funny yeah man yeah, that's awesome. that's huge that's huge you had some really good experiences and um so a lot of things that you created yourself too I love the fact that you rolled out Rumble that way, uh, in a big way. I don't know that, you know, I don't, I, I don't know of any other team or organization that has rolled out uh, a mascot that well. So, well, it, that's, I, and I, it's, I think it says a lot about my team or you know the Thunder too. It's, it's not just me. It was that they, they understood. They learned from their mistakes, so they they thought we don't we don't need a mascot right away, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, we just didn't realize how much we're missing. So that that really helped them buy in, and and I'm I'm completely on board with the idea of if the team is not supporting the mascot, 
will the fans ever support a mascot? Would nope. the players, you know, if the players aren't supporting your mascot with the fans, you know, it's just right. You you got to have buy-in from those two important things, the fans and the and the team, I mean the the players and the team and the fans will follow because they, they'll understand, oh yeah, we're supposed to like this guy. Yeah, I am always preaching that. Always. Yeah. And it's it's you know, people say or organizations say, "Oh yeah, no no, we understand." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then why aren't you yeah, yeah, why why aren't you showing it then because I don't know. Anyways, that's a that's a whole other story, but um so so you're retired now? Yeah. A couple of years and it's interesting looking at the the mascots that I know, most of them are entrepreneurs. And you are no exception to that, to that. In fact, I think you're uh you're top notch when it comes to that aspect uh and so anyways, you got you you went out there to Oklahoma, you opened a trampoline park called mm-hmm. uh Elevation. And it was the first one out there and then you have another location in Moore. And yep, yep. and then uh since retiring uh oh and also you're a partner in uh Springs Trampoline Park in Colorado Springs. Heck yeah. So, yeah. So, um that is that's that's great. So you got your hands in uh, in a lot of things, and you're also uh, doing a you're also involved in a in a nonprofit. Can you quickly tell me about that too? Yeah, yeah. So as I was finishing up with the Thunder, I knew um, I, I was starting to feel this tug with my family life and work life that uh, I'm uh, as a mascot in, in the entertainment industry. You're working nights, weekends, and holidays, and that's when your family usually want to hang out. You know, kids are at school all the other times. They're off on weekends, nights, and holidays. And so I started noticing that as my kids were getting older, I'm missing out on a lot of things. Um, you know, the first basketball game, the first piano recital, those kind of things. I'm like, okay, I've got to make a decision here. And it just felt like it was the right time for me. Um, I had the other businesses going and had some good income there. So I, I made the, the decision, okay, I'm going to call it quits and, and move on while I can still walk normal or as long as possible. And, um, Meniscus. Good, yeah. Yeah. Few, and I, yeah. Still have a torn, which I, I tore my right meniscus again. The last time I ever dumped. Uh, yeah. But it <laughs> just goes to figure. So I, yeah. So I haven't, I haven't worked on that yet, but so I, I was able to transition. I was able to hire the new guy and really try to help, um, help them, the transition process, I thought, okay, I'm going to take six months off and kind of see what I want to do when I grow up. Cause at that point I was just turning 40, still have a whole nother life ahead of me. And about six weeks later, I'm like, okay, I got to find a job. I need to do something here. And the last probably three years of my life, I had been presented a lot with, um, people would come up to me and give me a fatherhood book and say, Hey, I just read this really good book about fatherhood. You should you should read this. this. This might be interesting to you. Um, or, you know, they'd come up to me and say, hey, you know, I, I really see, how, I, I like how you've acted with your children. Um, you know, my friends down the street, they're about to get a divorce. Would you consider kind of hanging out with their son and, you know, just being there for him? Um, it just started to be presented with a lot of opportunities like that, people coming to me. Well, then six weeks into my retirement, I had a, a friend, a courtside seat ticket holder who one of the first ladies I ever met when I moved here, just a really welcoming lady. And, um, she said, Hey Mark, I've got an opportunity. We need to have lunch. Went and had lunch with her. She had applied for this fatherhood grant, uh, a federal grant to run a fatherhood project. And she said, we've been applying for this for about 10 years and have never got it. We just got this. Uh, they applied in September. I left the thunder in September they got it approved. No, they, uh, sorry. They got it approved in September as I was leaving the thunder. Uh, so it was just really cool timing. And, um, you know, she said, I think this is where you're supposed to be next. And, and I agree. It was, it's really a a perfect spot for me. Um, and just really fulfilling. It's, it's something I've enjoyed entertaining people and watching them smile and bring families together through that. But it's, it's, another level of reward to, to 
to have uh, these fathers. We, it's a low-income fatherhood program. Uh, these guys who might not have ever had a, a role model or had a terrible role model on how to be a father. And we have this program that we can, um, we can teach them skills, uh, relationship skills, parenting skills, and work economic stability type stuff uh, to really transform their lives, which will hopefully transform their children's lives and then on and on and on. So it's just been really a really cool uh, opportunity and just just blessed that, that that all worked out and God kind of wove the timing all together and all my talents and all my experiences all kind of come together to, to work together for that. Wow. That's, you got a great story, man. And I'm telling you, you have, uh, you have been blessed and it's been a, it's been a great experience for me to, to watch you over the years and to, to develop, um, into, into this, you know, this, uh, performer, um, businessman, uh, you know, into working with this group. What's, what's the name of the group again? What's true, the, dads. true dads. True dads. So, so yeah. how, how can, how can people find true out more information? About? True dads.com. Yeah. We're, it's, uh, only in Oklahoma, uh, right now, but we're hopefully after we finish up this, this grant cycle in about a year and a half, uh, we're, we'll be able to spread that, uh, farther. So yeah, keep an eye out for true T R U E dads, true dads, trustworthy, responsible, united, and educated. Oh, I love that. Well, well, Mark, you're a good man. I appreciate you coming on. It's it's so good to talk to you. And, uh, you know, I, fortunately, I have an opportunity to, to stay in good contact with you. And you know, I hope that always lasts because I, I consider you a good friend and, yeah, you know, and a brother. So um, when I, I've appreciated what you've done for me throughout my entire lifetime, too. I mean, you you created my my video, my audition video for Squatch. <laughs> back when you know people used to be you know v, v, vhs get two vhs tapes together and trying to cut them and all that and you had an actual computer system that would do that and, i mean it was high tech uh, <laughs> casablanca was it the casablanca, casablanca. I mean, that thing changed my life jeez i couldn't <laughs> can't believe you pulled that out that's so funny yeah. well anyways well hey we'll uh we'll wrap this up and uh let you go get on with your day but again man i sure appreciate you love you and uh, you take care we'll have you on again if you if you don't mind i'm i'm sure i would love to i'm sure we have a few more stories here and there oh yeah oh yeah so all right right, brother have a great day we'll see you thanks you too Uh, bye-bye